another day and another Miami Hurricanes coordinator job open. So what is Mario Cristobal going to do to replace Kevin Steele? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know if Mario Cristobal has posted the offensive coordinator openings and defensive coordinator openings now on LinkedIn Jobs, but it wouldn't be a bad option for him. So, yeah, this escalated quickly. D.C. is now open as well. Kevin Steele, Miami's defensive coordinator last year, he has just left Miami to become the Alabama defensive coordinator. There's history there. Kevin Steele has worked for Nick Saban in that role in the past. He's very well traveled around the SEC. That's where most of Steele's experience lies. So for Nick Saban, this is very much a safe hire and a familiar hire he knows this is someone he can work with and someone he's had success with in the past. So now, if you're keeping score at home, and I know anybody listening to this and watching this probably is, this means Miami has openings now on both sides of the football. A couple weeks ago, Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, was fired. Now the defensive coordinator is making the jump to the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm still, as far as my suspense and my anxiety goes for how this plays out. I'm still more concerned with what's going to happen on the offensive side of the football. To me, that's the much more difficult hire here. So on defense, I believe Miami has the perfect safety net of a hire already on the staff. And that's Charlie strong. And yes, we've been getting tweets about Coach Strong and about the situation since last night when Steele bolted to Alabama. And I know that Strong is a bit polarizing. Some of you really like him. Some of you love him. Some of you don't like him at all, and you don't think he's the man for the job. Uh, And yes, I know that Charlie Strong, he has failed before as a head coach. But oftentimes, I like to separate the resumes of coaches to coordinators for guys who have done both jobs. Uh, He's been a great A coordinator, Charlie Strong, and he was part of national championship winning staffs at Florida. Excellent recruiter, excellent teacher. I've had many conversations about Charlie Strong with Channing Crowder, for example, former Dolphins linebacker who played for Strong at Florida. That was his D.C., and Strong was the primary reason why he chose to go to Florida because that was his primary recruiter. And yeah, Crowder, uh, in the conversations I've had with him about Charlie Strong going back to last year, he cannot say enough nice things about the impact that Strong had on his life, both on the field and off the field. In fact, in the case of Charlie Strong, who's Miami's linebackers coach right now, will Miami decide to promote him from linebackers coach to defensive coordinator? It's being reported Uh, I don't know how many people are reporting this, but uh, my pal Gary Furman at Kane Sport 
did make mention that Nick Saban is also trying to take Charlie Strong off of Miami staff as well. That it's not just Kevin Steele, who we already got, that he wanted, that he's also interested in plucking Charlie Strong. Um, so perhaps maybe the only way to keep Strong on your staff would be pr to promote him to defensive coordinator because I don't think he would leave Miami for a position coach job at Alabama if Miami were to make him the D.C., but I don't know how strong those Alabama links are, but it is being reported, okay? Now, um, if Mario Cristobal doesn't end up giving this defensive coordinator job to Charlie Strong, uh, he definitely probably should, you know, before he makes a decision here, because I don't know if the decision's already been made or if Mario's going to weigh some options there. There's going to be a lot of interviews taking place in Coral Gables with OC and DC both open. So Mario, he might decide to explore other options outside the program. I know for a fact that Mario Cristobal is a huge fan of Charlie Partridge, currently the D-line coach and assistant head coach at Pitt. Uh, I believe Cristobal has been interested in the very recent past of bringing Partridge on to Miami staff. Partridge recently got a promotion at Pitt. Um, and I think more money that came along with that, but perhaps now defensive coordinator being open at Miami, which was not open before, and I don't believe that's what Miami was looking to give him. Maybe D.C. being open at Miami might make him think long and hard. I do believe that's somebody Mario Cristobal could be interested in because he's been interested in Charlie Partridge in the recent past. Another name to know is Jim Leonard. He's a name that Mario Cristobal should definitely explore. You got to make that phone call at the very least. He earned an impeccable reputation, did Leonard, as D.C. at Wisconsin for seven years. He was the Badgers interim coach after Paul Crist was fired. Uh, and Jim Leonard not currently working right now. So there would be no buyout to pay for, you know, one of the best available coordinators who's just sitting at home doing nothing right now. So I, I believe names like that, Charlie Partridge and Jim Leonard, I think those are names to know for as long as this job remains open. But let me emphasize this again. Uh, I'm not saying this is the only right way to approach the situation, but I would have zero problem whatsoever with promoting Charlie Strong to defensive coordinator. If that happened, I wouldn't lose a second of sleep over that. And let's also remember, uh, if you move Strong up, that would also open an on-field position for someone like Demarcus Van Dyke or Jason Taylor. Because I haven't forgotten that JT is on the staff as well. I think between DVD and JT, somebody, if not both, deserves the opportunity to move up from an analyst role to be on the field. As far as you know, what kind of smoke there is uh, for Charlie Strong potentially getting this promotion right now. I mean, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth. Um, someone who's given me really reliable information uh, on coaching moves. You know, someone who told me as far back as early December that Josh Gaddis was going to be out. Josh Gaddis is out. I was also told by this source, uh, you know, a long time ago that there was a chance Kevin Steele could be out as well. I don't think that he envisioned Steele would be hired by Bama for the same role, but there was definitely some buzz that Kevin Steele could be out. And part of that buzz was, if that happens, the likely solution would be promoting Charlie Strong. So that's that, that's information that I've been thinking about here for really the last couple of months. OK, um, you know, I also note I, I don't think that this guy actually knows anything about what's going to happen. I think this was just more an endorsement on his part. But 
Miami linebacker Ryan Rigoni tweeted out a photo of himself and Charlie Strong right after the Kevin Steele news broke. So that's seemingly an endorsement for Charlie Strong for the D.C. job from uh, someone in his position group. I I do not think that he actually is privy to the information of whether Strong is going to get the job or not, but it's an endorsement on his part. I saw incoming Miami freshman defensive back Antoine Jackson react to the Kevin Steele departure with a, uh, I don't even know, like a, like an anxious face emoji, if that's what you call it. Like, you know, so okay, Kevin Steele, um, he was you know, was pretty instrumental in the recruitment for a lot of the defensive players coming in from Miami. So they're probably not thrilled about it. Hopefully whoever Miami hires or promotes is someone who makes you know, the players happy and helps them do their jobs uh, even better. Uh, so again, I like the fact that with the defensive coordinator opening, uh, you've got you've got more options, right? Because if you don't go outside the program, you have someone within the program that you can promote and I believe could do a darn good job coordinating this defense. With offensive coordinator, you don't have a realistic option within your own staff. You don't even currently have a quarterback's coach that you could com- uh, promote because, you know, that guy was Frank Ponce who already left for another job. So uh, I'm not going to sweat over this D.C. search the way that I'm sweating over the O.C. search. But, folks, when we come back, because we have a lot more to talk about on this episode of Locked on Canes, we're just getting started here. I do want to give you guys the latest that I've heard about the offensive coordinator search and where that seems to be heading. Hopefully we get both of these resolved soon because we're less than a month away from spring football. It's February 6th right now. Spring football practices start March 4th. So, you know, the timeline, it's starting to shrink a little bit here. I'll give you guys the latest I'm hearing on the offensive coordinator search when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Folks, I hope that, uh, hold on, let me get the right, uh, we're talking LinkedIn. We are talking LinkedIn jobs. Guys, I hope that if you're a hiring manager, a small business owner, you realize the opportunity you have to find the right people with LinkedIn jobs because success in 2023, it all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, the values, and the experiences to help you achieve your goals. I have found jobs via LinkedIn Jobs before. I know it works, guys. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. You can go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make college uh, Locked On College Basketball your second listen. We're going to talk a little bit about, about the Hoops team before this episode is done. But experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton take you through the college basketball landscape in under 30 minutes, and they do the best job of it in the business. So make sure you make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. So uh, we did an episode on Saturday over the weekend. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to check it out because – 
we talked about the guy who's now emerging as uh, the hottest name for Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator. Nothing's been signed. Nothing is done, at least not yet. But Jason Candle, the current head coach at Toledo, is a name to know. Uh, it was reported on Saturday morning by Frank Tucker at Miami Rivals that Jason Candle is emerging as the top candidate and has actually interviewed with Mario Cristobal. Um, so, uh, you know, cr credit to uh, to Rivals, and I hope it's true because I, I like Candle. Um, I've spoken to as many people as I as I possibly can about what's going on there with Jason Candle, and. Um, I was able to uh, to get this from an from an independent source, and and hopefully this is correct. That supposedly, yes, Jason Candle, as was reported by rivals, did in fact meet with Mario Cristobal and with Dan Radakovich as well. Uh, that, that that was something that I was told, and fingers crossed that it's true, and fingers crossed that they're making progress here, because part of the original rivals report about Candle was. They may already be negotiating the contract. Now, you got to remember something, though. Candle, uh, he got pretty far along in the process last year of perhaps taking this same job, offensive coordinator at Miami, but then ultimately decided to stay at Toledo. So he could be torn the same way he was torn last year, could be torn again this year. He could ultimately decide to keep his head coaching job at Toledo. Uh, and then on the other hand, there's reports out there that Notre Dame, who now have an open offensive coordinator position, that they also like Candle for their OC opening. So you may have to uh, you may have to compete not only with Toledo but with Notre Dame for his services. Um, so you know this was someone we know that Mario Cristobal really likes. Tried to hire in this role last year. So in order to actually get Candle here this year you'd probably have to make that offer a little bit better than it was last year in terms of salary offer and maybe in terms of just like how much control and, and how much influence he actually has over his offense. So, you know, the, the name that I've been zoning in on for the last couple of days, because there seems to be the most smoke behind Jason Candle, more smoke on Candle right now than Doug Nussmeyer, who was brought up late in the week, is someone who has spoken to Mario Cristobal about this job. So hopefully, hopefully this Jason Candle thing ends up uh, getting getting confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered uh, in the near future. Going back to the defense real quick, because um, I do want to say a few words about Kevin Steele, who's on his way to Alabama, and I wish him the best. Uh, I really enjoyed covering Steele. <laughs> For this past season as Miami Hurricanes defensive coordinator, he always went out of his way to be really gracious with the media and really gracious with Miami Hurricanes fans because I saw the way he interacted with fans as well. But, you know, as far as being a media guy covering Kevin Steele, he always made himself ex accessible both on the record and off the record because he would have these really long off-the-record chats with media guys like myself where he would just talk about football and he would tell stories about all the places he's been to before. Like, I learned so much about football and about defense uh, from this guy. Uh, he really is an encyclopedia of the game. And, like, you know, you, you can understand, you know, why. Because he's been around forever. He's in his 60s, and he's worked with Nick Saban before. So you can understand why Saban's like, you know what? We've got the horses here because we know Alabama always one of the most, if not the most talented teams in the country. Georgia probably the most talented right now, but Alabama always have the horses 
We need a guy, Saban, thinking that I've had success with before. I know this guy can coordinate talent, talent, talent. So let's get him back here. Um, and as far as Steele's defense, obviously Miami's defense last year was far from perfect. I think the offense was a way bigger problem. But I thought most of the issues on Miami's D last year had more to do with the talent and personnel than it did with the scheme. Um, the only thing I, I guess I didn't love about Steele was he was rotating Leonard Taylor out way too much. I didn't think he gave LT enough playing time, um, you know, but the offense also hung the defense out to dry so much. And then you think about, you know, Miami didn't win a lot of games last year. We know that. But, you know, you think about Miami's ACC wins last year, like the defense was the only reason they won the Virginia game because the defense was making stops, didn't allow any touchdowns. The offense was just putrid. Uh, and then, you know, Miami won that game against Georgia Tech where they're not winning that game without Cam Kinchin's three interceptions. So the defense were the primary drivers uh, in a lot of those wins. So something something that I've been asked a lot here, because uh, I did want to go through some of you guys' questions. And I don't know, I was asked this question by so many people. I don't want to just necessarily single out one Twitter account who asked me this. But, you know, so here we are, February 6th, and Miami has two coordinator jobs open in February. Is this an indictment on Mario Cristobal? Yes and no. I think it is yes and it is not. Now, in the case of Josh Gaddis, yes, it's an indictment on Mario Cristobal because Mario Cristobal, he hired the wrong offensive coordinator last year. That's on him. He has to wear that. He made the poor hire. So the OC job, it's open now and he's trying to fix his mistake. Uh, I like to kind of withhold judgment until that mistake is fixed. Like when, you know, uh, and I'm not not saying I loved what Manny Diaz did overall at Miami. Remember when Manny Diaz hired Dan Enos? Didn't work out. He left the job, was fired from the job within a year. And then Diaz went out and got a better guy in Rhett Lashley to run the offense. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, waited till that played out. I want to see how this played out. Mario Cristobal absolutely got the wrong guy in Josh Gaddis. Now let's see how he fixes it before I rush to judgment. In the case of Kevin Steele, um, when Nick Saban wants one of your coordinators, it's hard to keep that from happening. And since Steele is, you know, he's in his 60s, I don't think Miami wanted to get into a bidding war to keep Steele around. Um, I also, the way that some fans are covering Kevin Steele's exit, I find it a bit hypocritical the way that some of you are crying about Kevin Steele leaving because a lot of the same people that are crying about Steele leaving didn't like him in the first place as a defensive coordinator. So you don't get to complain about Kevin Steele being a, a bad coordinator and then you also complain about him leaving as if you wanted him to stay in the first place when a lot of you didn't. So, you know, again, I've been telling you guys since December – I've heard rumblings uh, that both coordinators could be on the way out. Now it's happened. Now both coordinators are on the way out. So if little old me knew that this scenario could be a possibility, that you'd be down two coordinators, of course, Mario Cristobal knew this as well. Like he knew that this was a possibility. He knows more about it than me or you or anybody. So I've got to think that Mario Cristobal was ready for this situation, that he might have to replace both coordinators. And I can only hope that he's approaching the situation with the right blueprint to replace them properly. Last year, Mario didn't do a great job, certainly an offensive coordinator. We can argue about defensive coordinator. But if you zoom out, 
you know, the vast majority of, of, of his assistant coaching hires at previous stops, Oregon, FIU, uh, he's done good jobs hiring people. So hopefully he does that again. Let's see. Got a couple of uh, comments from you guys that I wanted to get to here. Uh, a YouTube commenter named Tab said this. He says, uh, hey, I need you to drop a Dono ball for the OC and the DC. <laughs> now, I, I don't I don't have enough confidence to drop a Dono ball prediction on either side of the football. So I, I will make educated guesses and hopeful guesses on my part. Right. Because uh, I'd like Jason Candle for offensive coordinator and. Um, you know, if I guess if I was really going to say my favorite for DC would probably be Jim Leonard, you know, because I, I, I think Jim Leonard's a stud. Uh, but that's not my prediction. I think my prediction would be a hopeful prediction on Jason Candle for OC and more likely Charlie Strong at defensive coordinator. By the way, for what it's worth on Jason Candle, um, so someone reached out to me uh, who covers uh, a, a newspaper writer who covers Toledo athletics. He's located in Toledo, reached out to me over the weekend. And he said that uh, he had reached out to Jason Candle's agent and that the agent basically told him he's not going anywhere. Like he's not leaving Toledo, but you take that with a grain of salt because, you know, I also have it pretty confident that Candle is at least talking to Miami about the job. So, you know, the agent probably doesn't want to give that scoop to a newspaper guy, right? Like if the agent knows something that oh, he's, he's leaving, he probably doesn't want to give out that scoop while negotiations are going on. So take it for what it's worth. But I mean, if, if Candle does end up staying at Toledo, you could say, well, the agent, the agent did say he's not going anywhere. So I don't necessarily put too much stock into that because uh, it's probably not in the agent's best interest to let anyone know on the record or off the record what his client is is actually looking to do right now. Uh, we get a tweet from Steve. Steve says, uh, this just tells me, talking about Steele leaving, this just tells me no matter what we pay, Miami is still in the backseat to SEC schools. Alabama loses people to bigger positions or the NFL we lose our coordinator to the same position in the SEC. Uh, I'm not. I'm not disputing that because, again, like if Alabama or Georgia wants one of your staff members, it's hard to keep them on board because the you know the the lure of that sort of a program and that sort of talent is tough. I don't know if it's fair to say that in the case of of Kevin Steele, because uh, Miami wasn't paying him a whole lot because Kevin Steele he makes most of his money. From I think it was the Auburn buyout, the buyout from his previous job before Miami, he's making stupid money from that buyout from when they fired him that Miami wasn't paying him much because it was just like the icing on the cake for his deal. So, you know, uh, you know Miami was paying Josh Gaddis a lot. They, they weren't paying Kevin Steele a lot. And, you know, Steele's worked with Saban before he and Saban are, are buddies. So, you know. It was it was going to be hard to keep him around no matter what. But, boy, we have to talk about Miami's hoops team and about one of the most hypocritical things I've ever heard. So the Miami basketball team is getting criticized by none other than Jim Bayheim. Why is Jim Bayheim throwing stones in a glass house? We will get to that and more next right here on Locked on Canes. Folks, if you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories. 
you've got to try a built bar. Yeah, we just got through the holidays. I've been trying to eat healthier this year. A lot of you have as well. And if you're like me, you don't want to compromise taste, but you want to eat healthy. I've got just think just the thing for you. You've got to try built. With built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious, you're not going to think that these things are good for you. And they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I just ate a cookie dough chunk puff, which, dude, it's so good. You're you're not going to believe that they only have 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping grams of protein, whopping 17 grams of protein, because it's like eating a dessert. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Like for years, we've been telling you on Locked On how to order your Built Bars at Built.com, and you can still do that with our promo code Locked On 15 for 15% off. But now you can also grab Built Bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So um, this uh, th- this was th- th- these quotes were, were written up uh, by one of my colleagues at allhurricanes.com of Jim Bayheim. Uh, he was talking about the world of NIL, and Jim Beheim singled out Miami. It was kind of the same way Nick Saban singled out Texas A&M last year. This is what Beheim said about Miami. Miami bought a team, he said. It's like, really? This is where we are? That's really where we are, and it's only going to get worse, Beheim says. He also bashed Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. But then he kind of walked those back and then emphasized he was mainly intended to complain about Miami. So Bayheim, crying Bayheim, I'm calling him now. Crying Bayheim is complaining about Miami. And first of all, um, Miami has more homegrown talents that Bayheim gives them credit for because like he acts like the entire roster are NIL transfers. Isaiah Wong, Wuga Poplar. Bensley Joseph, Harlan Beverly, these guys are homegrown talents. And guess what? Everything Miami is doing, building a team, if they go out there and get some transfers, they're doing it within the rules. They're doing it within the freaking rules. You know who hasn't done everything within the rules? Jim Beheim. This guy's throwing stones in a glass house, guys. Jim Beheim is one to talk here. This is the same Beheim, crying Beheim who had to vacate all of his wins between 2004 and 2007 and 2010 to 2012 due to multiple scandals happening under his watch at Syracuse. They vacated 108 wins. That's the most in NCAA history. It was determined in those investigations that Jim Beheim failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance. So... Instead of complaining about Miami building their basketball team, which they're doing within the rules, maybe crying Bayheim should keep his freaking mouth shut and be thankful he still has a job after overseeing a basketball program that committed academic misconduct, gave out extra benefits, failed to follow drug testing policy, and failed to crack down on impermissible booster activity. That sounds a lot worse than anything he's accusing Miami of. So shut up, Bayheim. Oh, and, and by the way, big win for Miami basketball over Clemson on Saturday. So 
Clemson had a 15-game home winning streak. Miami snapped that in a battle of top 25s. Miami wins 78-74. Nigel Pack, oh, sorry, Jim. That's one of those players that Miami bought, huh? Nigel Pack had 20 points in that win. Wuga Poplar had a nice game. That's a homegrown guy with 14 points and five boards. So, you know, I can see why Bayheim's complaining because Miami keeps doing well. He must be unhappy about their success. So, guys, again, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to listen to Locked on Canes and watch Locked on Canes. Do us a solid. If you're a YouTube viewer, smash that like button. Hit that thumbs up button and make sure you subscribe to our channel. If you're an audio podcast listener and you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, make sure you subscribe. So you get the new episodes every day. We're on every day. Sometimes I take a Sunday off. I apologize for taking Sunday off yesterday. Usually we're on six days, if not seven days per week. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. And if you are an audio listener, if you could do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. Now, we like to, to, to shout out the five-star reviews once or twice a week. So we're going to do that later this week. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and we'll give you guys shout-outs when those come in. So thank you so much. We will talk to you again tomorrow or whenever a new coordinator gets hired right here on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.